Welcome to Future Pulse, a podcast series brought to you by IPI, your innovation partner for impact. Together, we will explore how ideas, creativity, and collaboration drive impactful innovation. Welcome to this episode of Future Pulse. We're going to spot trends and unscramble signals in the digital supply chain of tomorrow. I'm Yvonne Chan, and I'm joined by Susanna Utama, the partner at EY Parthenon, and Paul Lim, founder and president of Supply Chain Asia. Emerging technologies such as cloud computing and advanced big data analytics continue to disrupt supply chain management. That, on top of coping with the challenges that the pandemic has brought about. Companies are also grappling with talent sourcing while learning to pivot to an innovative culture. What are some of the top trends in the digital supply chain sector and what best practices should leaders take note of? Well, I'm in very good company today with Susanna and Paul, and I'd like to kickstart this discussion with first their definition of a digital supply chain. Susanna. Broadly, it is the use of uh, electronics or technology solutions to improve your supply chain productivity and agility to create better customer experience while optimizing your cost to serve. And two things I'd like to highlight. First, uh, the applicability of these solutions would uh, vary for each companies, depending on the level of their maturity and business needs. For some companies, uh, digital supply chain means replacing more of the manual uh, processes with digital data and process support. For others, it means using autonomous mobile robots and other forms of uh, robotics in their supply chain. Secondly, it's not about technology only. There is no plug-and-play solutions that will solve all your problems purely by installing the latest, fastest solution in the market. To reap the benefits of digital supply chain, businesses need to combine adoption of tech solution with transforming operations processes and having the right talents with the skill set to execute this. Yeah, so it, it totally varies and there's really no, it's not, a digital supply chain is not a plug and play solution. Thanks, Susanna. Paul, your definition. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me on board. Uh, I, would, I would describe this as how we embed and integrate new technologies uh, such as Internet of Things, uh, robotics, and AI-enabled applications over traditional processes, and then enhancing these processes with higher throughput and effectiveness. I mean, from where I'm coming from, I look at how the digitalization of whatever is happening in the world today, that can enhance operations, but there must be an outcome to it. So I see the outcome as throughput and effectiveness. In this case, to me, uh, reduction of errors, uh, improvement of customer service operations. Reduction of errors, improvement of customer service operations. So how has the digital supply chain, though, evolved over the years, Sue? Yeah, so I would say supply chain is one of the, you know, the first business function to undergo this technology transformation, right? But in the beginning, developers, you know, they have this, uh, they create this application to take advantage of uh, the data from ERP system. But is is the the focus at the time was really more of like streamlining your uh, supply chain activities, you know, to support uh, your major operations like warehouse uh, management and kind of like help the management on like uh, you know doing some data analysis. But as it evolves, I mean, and the technology continues to evolve, like the and it's very far-reaching. Like some of the 
those technology that um, uh, that was mentioned earlier, like IoT, blockchain, big data, and so forth. What I really think right now, the latest technology help businesses uh, better at is really helping this create this end-to-end uh, visibility to transform their operations. They they are better able to compile, link large sets of uh, unstructured data to, to help them in terms of like doing better analysis, uh, doing better forecasting and better decisions, right? At the end of the day. The second thing that they are, uh, 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 the talk technology is better now is in terms of integrating um, with the company's existing processes and enforcing the kind of like collaboration across uh, across different business functions because supply chain, as the name indicates, is a chain where actually is a multi uh, business functions inputs are required. It's kind of like what Paul alluded to in his definition, right? Where there is really this uh, a much better integration of so many processes. It's like a souped up uh, supply chain, right? Paul, you're the founder and president of Supply Chain Asia. You've had you've been in this role for almost sixteen years now. So, what key trends do you see adopted in this current environment? I divided the the understanding of technologies, or at least new technologies, into three core areas. Uh, I term them as Internet of Things. Uh, AI enabled applications and autonomous autonomous technologies uh, moving towards the use of robotics or at least autonomous mobile robots in warehouse. Uh, I do see that there are lots of interest being gained over the years in how these three core technologies are being adopted. Uh, okay, while I do see this, you're asking me for key trends. Mm-hmm. I also see at the same time that the adoption is not as fast as I think it should be. And this is something that uh, strikes some form of curiosity in me as a guy who runs a platform to link the industry or bring the industry together. And I essentially narrow this down to two factors that uh, there's a lack of, tech, of understanding of how these technologies work in an actual operating environment. But at the same time, there's also a lack of insufficient uh, case studies and success stories being shared on how, this, uh, how the adoption of these technologies can be too. Mm. There's so much excitement, there's so much potential for this, but there is a lag in adoption. How do you think companies can truly leverage digital supply chains then, Sue? Okay, probably let's first address um, the reasons behind why some companies are not adopting this uh, fast enough, right? I mean, first, like uh, costs, right? Every time we do a, a survey uh, with all uh, with the companies that we've been working with, Cost is always the first. I mean, which is rightfully so, because a lot of these technologies are sure. still evolving, and a lot of the questions in their mind is that: Is it worthwhile for me to uh, invest in it now, or wait until it's mature enough? Right. And second thing is um uh, uh the, the 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 talent uh the 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 strength of your internal organization to actually take on this uh this transformation because it is going to be complex, right? And it's not only revamping uh, your data structure, it's not only revamping the, your software hardware, but it's actually about transforming your operations um, and way of working, right? So uh, I just want to you know, recognize all of that, yes, but then it, it does not mean that um, uh, you, you should you know, stop there, right? Because... Digital supply chain is uh, is happening. Uh, the technology is here. It is is uh, is about um, it's a question like how you wanna leverage um, uh, these trends, right? And I think the first step that you need to do is really understanding what is your vision and is very much tied to um, to your business. How what is your company's strategic goals, right? Whether it's basically you wanna be the the lowest 
uh, cost provider out there or if, if you want to be uh, providing the best um, omni-channel experience, right? So it's, it's something that you need to decide internally and in alignment with your strategy goals. Right? And second thing is like really understanding what is your current capability, what are your gaps, right? And then really start looking out in, with uh, and finding the right partners to work with you. And um, the third is really recognizing that uh, uh, no one gets it right the first time, right? Uh, everything is an iterative process, uh, which is which is fine, right? Uh, it's really just taking that first step, right? In, in starting to make that necessary investment, whether it's internal, you know, uh, capabilities or whether investing in new, new technology, new hardware, new software, but of course, making sure it's in line with um with your investment, right? Uh, with your investment appetite, and a lot of times, you know, just like uh, you know, if you classify it, uh, classify it into like, uh, the no regret kind of investment, and then investment that probably you you need a bit more time to see what are the proof of concept out there, and there's actually many things for under no regret moves, at least in my opinion. For example, like looking into inventory tracking, which is surprising that many companies are not yet doing that, right? And uh, by doing this, uh, by adopting inventory tracking, it would really help you uh, have that much better visibility of your inventory levels across value chain. So go ahead and start investing in that. And then as as you progress, as you as you um, as you start going along with the, the different um, uh, uh, solutions that you've adopted, and then you know take a step back and see what else can I do, right? So it's very much an iterative process. You talked about many important points, and I want to come back later to that talent sourcing bit. I think that is a very key thing to address today. But the other thing, too, about um, having more benefits being shared in the industry. So I want to circle back to Paul on that because I hope you can go into a little bit more detail about this for us. Uh, you did say that there are not enough players out there, you know, demonstrating some of the benefits that uh, they could uh, reap from going down the digital supply chain route. So how can we encourage and push more players to to do so and therefore go digital? Um, folks like uh, UI and also like our agencies who are supporting digital supply chain projects uh, constantly look for successful case studies to share. And I think that that could be one avenue whereby more and more of these success stories can be broadcast uh, can be showcased in some form or in some manners and through various medias. I mean, this is one of the kind of media that I see. But to me, there is a macro aspect of it. And in fact, I actually think that the macro aspect of it is very well done because uh, if you Google emerging supply chain or emerging technologies in supply chain, you'll get all kinds of answers and all kinds of news from all over the world. Uh, and including Singapore, right? So, but going to the macro side, uh, how do we then create opportunities uh, for companies to at least get to experience firsthand on how these technologies can be uh, can be adopted, uh, the kind of benefits that you can derive from it, from it, and more important to understand the gaps and issues that needs to be mitigated. And in order to get this thing done, I actually think that on the macro aspect, we need to create more platforms. I know there are existing platforms. I host one of them called the Smart Technologies Lab. Uh, there is a supply chain lab, uh, used to be called the Center of Innovation, uh, SCM at Republic uh, Polytechnic. I essentially believe that there should be more and that uh, instead of trying to be the one and only, 
platforms that's, that's existing in Singapore that we should find more and more of such opportunities so that the companies and individuals, and I say individuals because individuals drive essentially the adoption of technologies, sure. uh, should get, get, get their hands on. Uh, very quickly, Paul, you said um, you run this uh, other platform. What are some of the very common questions that you get You know, when people tune into that? Uh, actually, one of them is what uh, Susanna just said, right? Uh, what's the cost of adopting it's such technologies? Cost, huh? It boils down to cost. It's always cost. And then uh, the cost comes in with an uh, additional question and says, how does it really work? Are the benefits real? And this is going to the part and says that they hear about it, they read about it, but they're not so sure that it is really true. So how real are the benefits? So when I go into articulating how these technologies actually work, I also talk about the mitigating factor. Uh, when we go into the total cost of ownership, we add on the qualitative part of it, that they are, the intangibles are much more valuable than the quantitative aspects. So in having them uh, on our platform, it's a lot easier to answer their questions, work with them on their concerns, and like what I say, uh, mitigating the gaps and the issues. Yeah, sometimes it's these uh, intangibles that really need to be spelt out that can be quite difficult. Uh, I, I totally understand that. Susanna, coming back to you, you did say that uh, for companies who want to adopt digital supply chains, they need to first also identify what their capability is, right? Whether they want to be uh, the, the best low-cost supplier out there or whether they want to um, be well-known in certain uh, in other areas. Can you shortlist maybe for our listeners today, just two key observations for the digital supply chain sector that you want our audience to really take note of or leave with? Wow, that's tough. <laughs> so maybe they can narrow it down, you know, because there's so many facets to consider. So what do you think are the most important? Right. Um, so I, I think one of our, um, the really, really core thing that I see right now is how do you uh, establish uh, your, your, uh, your data quality? Right, that is the first step. That is your data quality, your uh, data comprehensiveness, because this is your what you the fundamentals for you to create more of an end-to-end -end visibility right, across your value chain. Right, and after that, that you can basically leverage it to do better collaborations uh, across uh, across your functions across other players in the, in the in the ecosystem, because all those like technologies at the end of the day. Really, what uh, what will we will benefit from it is if we all kind of like you know no longer operate in silos. You can actually work together and leverage from this real time end to end uh, uh, data to help you in terms of decision making, right? So, if I, uh, one key takeaway is having that you know uh, data quality fix in order for you to create that end to end uh, visibility and, and and collaboration. Right, and the other thing is that um, uh, I, I think the other key uh, takeaway, especially for those who are you know still very much in probably earlier stage of uh, adopting this digitalization, is actually like what I said earlier, um, knowing what you what knowing what you need, right? And secondly, those who are probably you know kind of like still debating on how much investment you make, 
it start looking into more of like technology uh, architecture that is uh, that is uh, probably more on uh, i would say asset light right if you look into how uh, moving from your current core um, uh, platform for example to more of like a cloud based capability so in a way you kind of like leap progging the process because when you're taking more of like a cloud-based capabilities you could potentially you know at the end of the day like kind of like um, uh, leverage uh, optimize on more of a collaborative um, uh, supply chain uh, efforts across your customers yourself the suppliers uh, at one go so establish your data quality and then also identifying exactly what it is that the company needs and the final outcomes it seems very simple on paper on conversation but I think it requires a lot of good judgment to narrow it down to, you know, that one key selling point or that one key need. Thanks, Susanna. Paul, you want to weigh in on this? I mean, how important is it to have um, an embedded digital mindset, you know, for these companies in this sector now nowadays? I share a thought that someone gave me a long time ago and say something like this, uh, that if you're searching for something, uh, you you put it at the back of your mind, and then along the way, that that something they are searching for suddenly appear, and then it says that it didn't suddenly appear. It appeared because you were searching for it, you're even though it's at the back of your mind. You're constantly looking for it. So, uh, uh, so it, so in my in my context, I always think that uh, we are already pursuing a digital transformation uh, mindset. Let's say. And we are constantly looking for stuff or at least technologies that can help us do our, our operations better or at least perform better overall. And it's in this mindset that I see uh, the embracing of it, the, the embedding of it, that I believe over a period of time, we will see more and more of it. But I mean, I go back to my first part of it saying that uh, the only way we can do more if we know more. So sometimes the success stories may not be found in Singapore but there are success stories to be found. So we open our mind, uh, we look out, uh, we look in and we look out. And I'm sure along the way, some of these solutions are going to show themselves. Some of these uh, concerns that you have are going to show up. And those concerns that you have, and you know, in, in my belief, in my deep belief, <laughs> can be mitigated and resolved. So Paul, how do you work with startups to match uh, what they do with logistic players who need a fresh perspective or solution. Can you share some examples with us? I know I'm getting to some of the micro details now, but I think this is uh, an important anecdote to share today. Okay, so so in the Smart Technologies Lab, I've been working on a project called uh, a Smart Warehouse. Uh, for Smart Warehouse, the entire idea is that the warehouse must know what is going on. So if you understand the warehouse as an entity, as a thing, a thing does not think, uh, a thing just work. But I want a thing to think. So how do I make a thing think? Am I going somewhere that's not supposed to go? But the idea behind that, if a smart warehouse can think of its own, then maybe that smart warehouse can direct actions without having a human to intervene. So it was in this context that I was driving a project in the smart warehouse that I looked for solutions. And like what I say, some of the solutions are not found in Singapore. So I found a particular vendor who, pro who provide an indoor location uh, management system or indoor uh, location system to identify where an operators, where operators are. And in understanding that technology, I, actually it's a sensor, it's the Internet of Things that the that, uh, operator carry with him. And I can watch an operator movement. And by understanding, or at least by knowing where my resources are, I could align my resources to the tasks to be performed 
and perform as tasks more effectively. So essentially, this minimize movement, uh, maximize proximity to where the task is supposed to be performed. When the task is performed, uh, align the operator to the next task that is nearest to the operator rather than let the operators continue to walk a long way uh, along each point to get things done. And we could also embed further by bringing it in let's say autonomous mobile robots that can then help them move things or the conveying of uh, goods and uh, especially conveying of goods and cargoes in a warehouse, which is actually a big component of what warehouse is all about. And that aspect, that two vendors that is helping in this project are not from Singapore. Mm. They're actually from outside Singapore. So in our platform, we are able to find them, bring them in. One of them is from France, the Internet of Things. The robots is actually from China. Wow. So is that a big challenge these days then, uh, coming back to Susanna to collaboration, finding the right partners, or is it more of a talent sourcing issue, just coming back to that talent thing? Or is they, are they both like also twin challenges? I think the, you, uh, any company needs to address both. Uh, there's no there's no one side uh, fits all approach as well, right? Uh, I, I think first thing first is like uh, recognizing where is your current talent right now. What are the necessary, you know, uh, um, learning um, that re- that is required for your for your in- internal organization to ramp up. And second is finding the right uh, the right partners, like uh, like what Paul mentioned earlier, right? Uh, but before you go go out into the market, I I think it's just necessary to to do that self assessment check first, right? Whether do you have uh do you have the right data sets? Are you capturing the right data? What kind of processes do you have? I I, I can can you can you upgrade uh, these processes? You know, uh, and how long does it take, right? Um, and these are like some of the things that uh, really just more of a self diagnose. Uh, that is necessary for them. The self-diagnosis can sometimes be very painful also, right? Truth to tell, I mean, I, I can see the, both of you <laughs> smiling. Um, that That's the hashtag true story. Paul, do you think this sector is interesting enough to attract the right t- talent? Do we have enough of the right talent here? And if not, what can we do to get the right talent in? Uh, this industry traditionally is pursued to be uh, laborious, low-end. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at trucking and warehousing, but taking that two, that two operations into perspective, right? Today, we are seeing that uh, the future of trucking could be autonomous, the use of advanced technologies. The future of warehouse is definitely more robotics or more collaborative robotics and less human. And it's, it's, it's actually in this aspect that I actually see that the future of uh, supply chain, or at least in this industry, logistics and supply chain, are beginning to attract new tech. New tech equals younger talents. Uh, I would think that the younger professionals who are looking at our industry today are saying that this industry is changing. And like any change, uh, it's good to be in the forefront of it. It's good to be a pioneer of it. And to me, all this goes well for this industry that I live in for the last 30 years, that more and more, and more younger and exciting talents are coming into our setup. And I really term it exciting because I work with startups. Most of the startups I work with are less than 30 years old. I feel very old when I'm with them. But you, you've been in this industry for 30 years and counting, and it's uh, very refreshing that you, know, you also want to be there at the forefront of change so that you can also give advice to... Uh, 
the younger startups, right, who will look to you for advice uh, on this front. So, Suzanne and Paul, uh, we've talked about how the digital supply chain is going to evolve, what companies, uh, the elements that companies need in order to leverage some of these latest technologies and ride this wave of uh, the ever-changing supply chain. What continues to keep you excited about a digital supply chain of tomorrow? And if you could give one word of advice or one piece of advice to enterprises who are still considering whether or not this is a thing for them, what would you say? So, Two, two elements to this question. What are you excited about? And one piece of advice. Susanna. What keeps me excited is because it continues to evolve. So there is no, um, you know, I think back then in manufacturing, like uh, we always think, oh, the Toyota model, you know, like everybody like goes towards a Toyota model. <laughs> right now with, it, with the, with the, in the digital era, there is no such model and probably there will not be because the, the technology is evolving so fast and uh, people keep most likely is going to be in the hybrid models anyway. Right? Um, and um, I would also recognize that probably what keeps me exciting is also probably what going to you know, get some companies uh, you know, feeling a bit daunted right? because they don't know. Like uh, given that the fast pace uh, of the technology is uh, uh, working right now, right? So what I can tell them is that, um, you know what, uh, uh, the technologies will be here, right? And they'll continue to move on. Uh, it's a question whether, you know, um, uh, how, how, how do you want to actually leverage it? How do you want to optimize it? It's not going anywhere. You, uh, you need to do it anywhere at some point in time. Right. And uh, also the, the other thing is that I, I think a lot of times we, we focus so much on the, the technology itself, uh, kind of like slightly forgetting the fact that this technology will only work because of the humans. They are basically still very much like involved in every part of the process. So uh, I- even, even when you're implementing these technologies, keeping in mind that how do you actually uh, work with the different parts of your business functions because they will come with their own apprehension. They come with their own concerns about these technologies. How can you work with them and get them to adopt this together with you? Thank you, Susanna. Paul? Actually, I'm very excited with this industry today because I see that the new technologies are not just accelerating the change, it's actually enhancing the way it is operating. I mean, it's becoming better and better, not much like uh, Tony Stark in the Iron Man suit kind of thing, right? So I actually believe in that, you know, I actually believe that uh, the use of technologies will enhance uh, supply chains and then supply chain as generic and as we start cascading down supply chain as uh, supply chain forecasting, supply chain as supply chain procurement, supply chain as supply chain warehousing, and it just become much better than before. Uh, if I have one word to describe uh, or to give advice to the industry is that this industry is, should be going away from being competitive driven in competitive driven, that's why they don't share. That this industry needs to be collaboratively driven because in the collaborative driven, it is actually better for everyone. And my only thing to everyone is this, is that because information are being shared, whether they like it or not, that it is better to be collaborative than competitive. Better to collaborate 
than compete. Uh, thank you so much, Paul and Susanna, for this uh, very illuminating discussion. I can feel uh, both your passion for the supply chain industry. Um, Paul, 30 years and counting, but I don't see you slowing down. In fact, I, I think it's a, you're a great role model for many You know, who'd say that who might feel very tired after being in this industry and seeing the changes. Uh, you're the complete opposite. And I think you've also both highlighted some best practices that uh, leaders must be aware of in order to realize some of the full results and outcomes. And we're also looking at a rapid involvement and a transformation in this sector with exponential benefits, both tangible and intangible. And like what you said, uh, Paul, too, technology is here to enhance and uplift the sector. And we definitely need a more collaborative industry with a generous sharing of information. So thank you both very much. I'm Yvonne Chan. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you next time for another exciting and insightful episode. <laughs>